America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal, and you are now listening to The Royal Treatment. The Royal Treatment. We're here every week to answer your health questions. Hopefully you have questions, because if you're not asking questions, then... Well, maybe you're not alive. You've got to ask questions to get answers. We're always searching because we are curious human beings, which makes us different than the animals. We have intelligence. And hopefully we're using that intelligence for our best interests and the welfare of ourselves and those around us to achieve optimal health and wellness. That's what we're here to help you do, provide you information that you can use to make better informed healthcare decisions. Why do we do this? Well, because your doctors, frankly, cannot do it for you. You have to take matters into your own hands and get educated. We're all different, and we all have different ailments and different reactions to the environment around us, but there are ways by which we can assess that and give you accurate information that is not available through conventional medical doctors or their laboratories. For example, we recently had a patient who was referred to us who had been exposed to mold at work. Now, the lab work showed that she had an elevated level of a type of mold called Aspergillus niger. It's fairly common. What's medicine going to do for her? Well, frankly, nothing other than control symptoms. What was done for this patient? She was prescribed antibiotics. She was prescribed steroids. And when they didn't work, guess what the doctors did? They prescribed more antibiotics and more steroids. Now, someone once asked the question, how can you tell if someone has a low IQ? Well, you can't tell by just looking at someone or even necessarily how they act, but There is one surefire method. You can tell someone has a low IQ if they continue doing the same things with the hope of achieving the same results. So if you have a relatively average or above average IQ, then you are looking for solutions when what you tried failed. That's how we discover things. Well, we're going to be talking about some interesting things here in the program. As always, we will be reviewing obituaries, people who died just this last week, too young from diseases they shouldn't have had locally and internationally. We're going to be talking about, well, some drugs that don't work and some drugs that have side effects that you should probably be avoiding. And we're going to talk about some things that you can do to improve your health for your bones, and for your weight. But before we continue on, let's thank our sponsors. First, we'd like to thank the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. That's here in Las Vegas, where I practice, along with my fellow tribal providers. That's right, we are tribal practitioners at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, or THB Clinic. You can reach us here at 702-562-1454, 702-562-1454. Or email me directly to get an answer to your questions, which I answer either on or off the air, but either way, they get answered. That's all that really matters, right? Send your email to droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com. D is in Daniel, royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. The Turtle Healing Man Clinic is under the supervision, if you will, of the Crow Tribe of Indians. 
We'd like to thank those listeners who may be joining us from the Native Voice One Network, because we also have another sponsor, the First Nation Medical Board, under the jurisdiction of the Crow Tribe of Indians. First Nation Medical Board is actually very interesting. It licenses practitioners of traditional medicine. Traditional medicine is what the government told the Indians, that if they want to regulate it, it's up to them. It's in the United States Code. And the Crow Tribe of Indians have elected to do just that. We have a huge need for it throughout the entire country, actually. We have 50 states where you can be licensed for conventional medicine, but only one state left in this country where a physician can be dual licensed for the practice of traditional or alternative medicine. That's Arizona. They have a homeopathic board, which is, by the way, up for sunset review this year. Let's keep our eyes and ears peeled to see if they survive. If not, thankfully, we have the First Nation Medical Board, which can provide physicians with the dual licensure they need to practice alternative medicine, which is very important if you are seeking optimal health and wellness, because as you know or may have found out to your bitter regret, the conventional medical system is designed for disease management and can do nothing to make you healthy. Well, let's move on. Let's start talking about our obituaries. First, let's look at those locally. I say here locally in Las Vegas and Nevada, where I live, that passed away just this last week too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. Why do we do this? Well, life expectancy is decreasing, my friends, decreasing in the United States. Currently, the average life expectancy is 78.5 years of age. Now, that means 81 for a woman and 76 for a man. But it has decreased every year for the last four years, meaning we've set a new record for the United States in decreasing average life expectancy for the history of this country. Congratulations. We're not going to be a statistic. We're going to help you make sure that you are not one of the people we'll be talking about here shortly who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. But before we get into our obituaries, we're going to take a short break. Now, remember, my friends, you're listening to The Royal Treatment, and our goal is to help you learn one new thing. That's all you really need to make your time worthwhile, and we're going to make sure that happens today. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No! Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. One in three adults in America have pre-diabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mind. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can't. 
can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. We are back to the show, and thank you, my friends, for sticking with us. Before the break, we mentioned that we had seen a young lady in our practice who had been exposed to mold. Actually, they had a water leak at work, and... She believes that that's where the source of her problem began. She suffered with conventional medicine for nine months before her ENT wisely decided that perhaps another course needed to be pursued, which means that his IQ may actually be on the above average side. So when she came to our clinic, what did we do? Well, we decided we need to cast a wider net. There's a laboratory we like to use that does an excellent job of evaluating allergies or allergic sensitivities because they will find things in relations to foods that will not overwhelm the patient. The things that they do find, I have found through my experience to be accurate. We can check the patient not only for foods, but for colorings, additives, flavorings, as well as chemicals, pesticides, and even molds. It will be very interesting to see what happens. We're still waiting for those results. But in the meantime, that doesn't mean we can't help our patients. I believe in helping the patients in the short term and the long term. In the short term, we prescribed an excellent supplement. It's the number one selling product for the company, in fact. That is designed to be a natural type of antihistamine, if you will, to help the patient deal with allergies. I used it myself this winter when I had a sinus congestion, and it worked Fabulously. Within a week, I was perfectly 100% back to normal. We also combine that with a homeopathic. I don't believe in using just one thing for the miracle cure, although that does happen occasionally. We believe in synergy, using things in combination. In this case, a supplement, a natural product, along with an energetic product we call a homeopathic medicine. We used a homeopathic medicine that was more specific for what she was experiencing she had been having some outbreaks, such as hives that covered her entire back, such as her scalp. Now, of course, these came and went, but they're very unpleasant when they happen. And so we gave her a higher dose in the office and a lower dose to take at home. So far, she's doing very well. Well, let's continue on now with our obituaries. We're going to look at people just this last week who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had, keeping in mind that the average life expectancy in the U.S. is 78. Five years of age. First, you have a 49-year-old man, a product support tech, who passed away after a nine-year battle with ocular melanoma. It's cancer of the eye, and he didn't get that from the sun. He was 49. 50-year-old woman who passed away from an aggressive cancer, leaving behind two children. That's always sad when they lose their mother or their father to something that perhaps could have been treated a little differently other than with conventional medicine. Because conventional medicine, remember, treats symptoms. It provides no cures. 57-year-old woman, a PGA golf instructor, passed away in the hospital. Cause unknown. 60-year-old man who worked as an artist, musician, and carpenter passed away from COPD. Some people say the third leading cause of death. Congestive obstructive pulmonary disease. We have a 60-year-old woman who worked as a teaching assistant. She passed away unexpectedly, which means sudden death from heart attack. Remember that because there are others who also passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, still to come. We have a 60-year-old woman, a beauty salon owner, who passed away from an antibiotic-resistant bacterial pneumonia. 
You mean to say that we don't have antibiotics that can treat all diseases? Apparently not. 61-year-old man who worked for the U.S. Navy passed away from heart disease, the number one leading cause of death, or is it cancer? In many of the industrialized nations, cancer is now the number one leading cause of death. 61-year-old man who worked in the transportation and parking business passed away from cancer. I wish they would be more specific in telling us what type of cancer these people passed away from. I think that's very helpful. But oftentimes they just lump it into one category as if it's all the same thing. 61-year-old man passed away from complications of a stroke. 63-year-old woman passed away after a long year battle with ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or Lou Gehrig's disease, a neurodegenerative disorder. 64-year-old woman passed away from cancer and a 71-year-old woman passed away after a 12-year battle with frontotemporal lobar degeneration similar to ALS. Well, those are the local people who passed away this last week, too young, from diseases they shouldn't have had. Now, let's look at international celebrity notables who also passed away just this last week. We have Kanjendra Magar, Nepali record holder, world's shortest man, at least in 2010 he was at two feet, two inches tall. He died at 27 years of age from pneumonia. We have Trink Makarag. Filipino journalist died at 55 years of age from breast cancer. It was diagnosed in 2002, returned again in 2016. It just doesn't seem to go away, does it? Jaban Rahman, Bangladeshi film director, died at 55 years of age after suffering from liver and kidney disease. Alison Copening, American politician, member of the Nevada State Senate died at 55 years of age after a cardiac event left her in a coma. Steve Gillespie, Canadian professional wrestler, died at 56 years of age after being found dead in his car. Cause unknown. Josirizal Jernalas, Indonesian physician and activist, died at 56 years of age after being in the hospital for 20 days for the treatment of cardiovascular disease. We have Joseph Hanneschlager, German actor and musician, died at 57 years of age after a lengthy battle with cancer. Christina Topescu, Romanian journalist, died at 59 years of age. She was found breathless in her home after not being seen for three weeks. Javette Perry, Albanian actor and stage director, died at 59 years of age from cancer. Yuzo Chubauchi, Japanese essayist, died at 61 years of age from acute heart failure. Ashwini Chopra, Indian journalist, cricketer, and politician died at 63 years of age after suffering from terminal cancer. I guess there are some cancers that are not terminal, but his proved to be fatal. Ali Shah, Pakistani member of the Provincial Assembly of Sindh, died at 63 years of age from cardiac arrest. Alicia Montano, Spanish journalist and TV presenter, died at 64 years of age from cancer most likely breast cancer. Abdul Manan, Bangladeshi politician, died at 66 years of age from a cardiac arrest. David Clymer, American sports journalist, died at 66 years of age after a battle with cancer. Always a battle, short or long, and they always seem to lose. Urs Egger, Swiss film director, died at 66 years of age after a long illness, which usually means cancer. Manmohan Mahapatra, Indian film director and screenwriter died at 68 years of age after battling kidney and heart ailments. Ibrahim Farah, Egyptian actor, died at 68 years of age while in intensive care in the hospital. Dennis Garcia, Filipino rock bassist, died at 69 years of age from an unknown cause. But his 65-year-old brother died in 2018 from a heart attack. Dan Aldia, Romanian rock musician, died at 69 years of age from a heart attack. Grant Goldman, Australian radio announcer, died at 69 years of age after his lengthy battle with cancer, which was diagnosed in 2017. Stefan Petrace, Moldavian singer, died at 70 years of age from diabetes. And this was diagnosed a few years ago after he lost a leg. David Olney, American singer-songwriter, died at 71 years of age from a heart attack. Steve Caro, American singer, died at 71 years of age from heart failure. Pietro Anastasi, Italian soccer player for the national team, died at 71 years of age for ALS. 
amyotrophic lateral sclerosis or Lou Gehrig's disease, B. Balram, Indian politician, died at 72 years of age after being found unconscious and rushed to the hospital. He had previously had bypass surgery twice. Mark Harris, Australian rugby league player, died at 72 years of age from throat cancer. Jaroslav Kubera, Czech Senate president and mayor of Tbilisi, died at 72 years of age after being sick and going to the hospital. He never left. Piranha, a Belgian cartoonist, died at 72 years of age from euthanasia after suffering from cancer for a while and deciding to end it all. Claudia Roditi, Brazilian jazz trumpeter, died at 73 years of age from cancer. Lech Rasek, Polish theater director, died at 73 years of age from a heart attack. Chris Darrow, American musician, died at 75 years of age after suffering a stroke. Danny Talbot, American NFL football player, died at 75 years of age from complications of cancer. Now, he had been diagnosed with multiple myeloma, the disease of the bone marrow, about nine years ago. Robert Armstrong, British sports journalist, died at 76 years of age from a brain tumor. Kotara Suzumura, Japanese economist, died at 76 years of age from pancreatic cancer. As you can see, cancer affects everyone all over the world. Morimichi Tagagi, Japanese baseball player for the Chunichi Dragons, died at 78 years of age from heart failure. Chao Chongjing, Chinese TV first male presenter, died at 78 years of age from cancer. And finally, William C. Davis, American football player and executive, died at 81 years of age from complications due to Alzheimer's disease. Now, I mentioned that one because in some countries, dementia is being listed as the number one cause of death, such as the United Kingdom. Well, that's it for the obituaries. People who died locally and internationally just this past week, too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. Don't let that happen to you. And when we come back from our break, we're going to be talking about some things that I mentioned earlier in the program. We're going to talk about diet. We're going to talk about drugs. We're going to talk about supplements. Some things you should be avoiding. Some things you should be taking. We enjoy helping our patients feel as good as they possibly can. I have patients I saw this morning who came in just for that very reason, and they're doing very well, and we love to see that. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. So stay with us. Low-dose chemotherapy uses only 10 to 20% of full-dose chemo, and it's known as IPT, or insulin-potentiated therapy. It's one of the safest and most innovative approaches to treating cancer effectively. IPT virtually eliminates side effects of full-dose chemo, such as nausea, hair loss, and fatigue. Could IPT be the answer you've been searching for? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. IPT uses low-dose chemo with insulin. Cancer cells have up to 20 times more insulin receptors and use up to 20 times more sugar than normal cells. That's why cancer cells thrive while normal cells struggle to survive. One study showed that using low-dose chemo with insulin resulted in a 10,000% increase in cancer-killing ability. Could IPT with low-dose chemo and insulin help you? Call Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for IPT. That's 702-562-1454. Hi, this is Eddie Floyd with America Matters with Eddie Floyd, and I want to tell you something. I normally never do personal endorsements. I'm going to today because, as a lot of you know, I've been suffering from a knee operation, and I went finally, at the advice of my doctor, to Reno Cryotherapy. I have never in my life been so excited, and the results are phenomenal. 6490 South McCarran Boulevard, Building D, Suite 29, the phone number 689-8888. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. (sighs) We want to hire you. You're, You're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. 
They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah, that's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. You're invited to join Business Connections with Anita every Wednesday from 10 to 11 a.m. here on 1180 a.m. KCKQ America Matters. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and I am Dr. Dan Royal, and you, my friends, are listening to The Royal Treatment. We just finished our review of the obituaries, people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had just last week. We do have much to be grateful for, don't we? And we all need to look around and, well, find out what it is you're grateful for each and every day. If you want to take a very interesting experiment, you can keep a gratitude journal. The way you do this is you have to select at least three things each and every day for which you are grateful. Now, you cannot repeat the things for which you're grateful from one day to the next. So every single day needs to be different and every single gratitude needs to be unique. Try this for 30 days. I did this a couple of years ago, back around the middle of May 2017. And yesterday I was totaling up the things for which I found to be grateful. And over the last two and a half years, of course, if you find at least three things a day, it starts to add up, but maybe you find more than that. And some days I did. The total came to 4,418 things through the end of December 2019, for which I had been found to be grateful. I found that keeping a gratitude journal helped me to keep my own personal journal. And so you might think about doing the same, if for no other reason, to maintain a positive attitude and find reasons to be grateful for every single day you are blessed to be living your life on this planet. Well, here's an interesting study. We're going to be talking about something that was done with prostate cancer patients. Now, there were nearly 500 patients in what's called the MEAL, M-E-A-L, study. And these patients, again, prostate cancer patients in the early stages were told to consume seven or more servings of vegetables per day. And they had a similar time to progression as a control group that received the usual dietary advice. Now, what they found is that the end of two years, the patients who were free of disease defined as a PSA or prostate-specific antigen increasing to 10 milligrams or above or a doubling of the PSA in under three years, they had no difference than the control group. So at the two-year follow-up, a biopsy was performed from those who had a tumor. And again, no significant difference from the control group. The researchers concluded that the behavioral intervention in the study produced robust, sustained increases in carotenoid, cruciferous-rich, and leafy green vegetables intake for two years, but did not significantly reduce the risk of clinical progression of the prostate cancer. They went on to say that these data failed to support prevailing assertions in evidence-based clinical guidelines and the popular media that diets high in micronutrient-enriched vegetables improve cancer-specific outcomes among prostate cancer survivors. Now, clinical guidelines based largely on expert opinion and observational data suggest that diets high in vegetables consumed could reduce the risk of prostate cancer progression or even death. Yet findings from a number of trials testing such things as vitamin E, C, selenium, fish oil, and now meal, among others, have failed to show improved cancer outcomes with dietary interventions. 
From 2011 to 2015, the MEAL, which actually stands for Men's Eating and Living Study, randomized 478 men ages 50 to 80 with early prostate adenocarcinoma across 91 clinics in the U.S. The participants had an average of 64 years and were mostly white. Men were excluded if they had a disease stage greater than a PSA of 10 or above. Now, the mean PSA in this study was 4.9 nanograms per ml, which practically means they were normal in my book, but they must have had some other factors that helped the doctors to diagnose them with cancer. So that proves to be a very interesting study. Now, we don't know exactly what they ate. If their diet was more controlled and they were given organic foods, perhaps it would have been different. It may mean that the foods that we're consuming nowadays are nutrient deficient. But that being said, there are other ways that we have found to deal with elevated PSA or prostate levels and deal with it effectively. One of those is a technology we use in our clinic. It is a combination of a photon sound beam and a pulsing electromagnetic field. We have found that the prostate patients who simply take advantage of this combination are able to lower their PSA. We don't know exactly why this happens, but it's a combination of frequency, light, sound, and electromagnetic field. We do know that it works to lower some biochemical markers, such as the cancer antibody, such as the nagalase. In fact, we have a study that will be published this next month in the Journal of Complementary and Alternative Medicine. It's a study we did using an oral product to lower nagalase. We also found it helped to improve the cancer antibody levels as well. And this was done in patients who had cancer or active Epstein-Barr virus. But the fact that we were able to lower the nagalase was significant. Significant because, well, most labs don't even check for it. There's only one lab in the country that checks for it, and it's important. If your nagalase is elevated, that means that your immune system cannot do its job effectively to identify and eliminate cancer or viruses. You have to lower and eliminate nagalase in order for your immune system, your macrophages, to identify and to eradicate foreign invaders. As I said, that study will be coming out next month in the February issue of the Journal of Complementary and Alternative Medicine. Well, here's something you may find of interest. A diet drug was recently linked to cancer. Sometimes these these side effects are not noted until the drug is introduced into the marketplace, and that is concerning. The name of this drug is lorcaserin, or Belvic. It has been shown to have an increase in cancer risk for those who are using it for weight management. The drug safety communication warned that the mechanism isn't clear and it's not certain the link is causal. Now, the FDA didn't call for patients to stop taking lurcaserin. They simply suggested that you talk about it with your provider. Lurcaserin was approved in 2012 as an adjunct, obviously not a weight loss drug in and of itself. It has to be used in conjunction with your diet and exercise for those who have a BMI, a basal metabolic index of 30 or more. Now, if your BMI is 30 or more, you're considered to be obese, but it could also be used or recommended for those who have a BMI of 27 with obesity-related comorbidities, such as diabetes, high blood pressure, and so forth. Its first application was actually rejected by the FDA over a need for more safety data. The second time around, the FDA advisory panel was concerned about lack of data to rule out heart valve issues, something that came up years ago with the fin-fin combination. Well, cardiovascular outcomes with five years of lurcaserin turned up no excess major adverse cardiovascular risk. Now, while cancer risk was not initially noted as an issue in the approximately 12,000 patient trial, it was noted that the excess of patients diagnosed with cancer were found when compared with a placebo group. Interestingly, some rat studies had previously suggested that mammary gland tumors in both sexes at clinically relevant exposures were seen, along with other types of tumors in the male rats, at higher doses. During the various phases in which the 
drug location or Belvic was tested, no formal cancer screen was conducted. This information comes out after it was introduced into the marketplace. So buyers, or I guess I should say patients, beware. There are some other drugs if you are a MS or multiple sclerosis patient that are becoming more difficult to get. The MS drug cost prices have tripled over seven years, despite the introduction of a generic version of a common MS drug for multiple sclerosis. Medicaid spending on 15 MS disease-modifying therapies jumped from $453 million in 2011 to $1.3 billion in 2017. Researchers said that increased spending was primarily driven by increases in prescription costs, which doubled during this time. Most of these drugs cost more than $70,000 per year on the average. And the costs for these drugs are among the highest drug cost areas for private insurers, as well as Medicaid and Medicare. This particular study looking at drug prices showed that 40% of the people with MS were now changing how they're taking their disease-modifying therapies for financial reasons. People are being put in a position where they're putting their health at risk because of affordability, said the researchers. Is this really true? Well, over 11 years, prices of self-administered MS drugs have more than quadrupled. I said over seven years, it has tripled, but over 14 years, it or I say 11 years, it is actually quadrupled. Now, the good news is, if you're taking drugs, you have to remember they're designed to control symptoms. They are not getting you well. If you're looking to get well, you're going to have to take matters into your own hands. There are some people with MS who have been completely cured because they found that their MS was the result of something they were exposed to either in the environment or in their diet. People react differently to the same things. So one person might eat a food that causes a migraine headache or that same food in another person might cause them to have digestive issues, or in a third person, possibly brain inflammation. We don't know until we do the testing, but testing is available. We use the ELISA ACT test that looks at the lymphocytic reaction assay. If you're interested, call 702-562-1454. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. Can your own stem cells heal you? The miracle of life begins when an egg and a sperm unite. They form a single stem cell. Stem cells will keep dividing until directed by the body to become something else. Natural occurring stem cells can be found in all tissues of your body. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Dr. Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Are you a cancer patient in remission who needs rejuvenation for optimal health and wellness? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. This is Clarence Collins, producer of Keith Gallagher Jr.'s music and a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Tune in every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. to hear Keith's music on the Music Path Show. So here's the choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. 
That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba. Please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. If you see activity that seems suspicious, threatening, or criminal in nature, please speak up and say something. Anonymously report suspicious activity online at KeepNevadaSafe.org. Sponsored by a grant from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and Nevada Department of Public Safety. Learn more at KeepNevadaSafe.org. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We're back to the show. Thank you for sticking with us. Before the break, I gave you a number that you might like to call if you need some allergy testing. That number is 702-562-1454. Here at the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. THB Clinic here in Las Vegas, 702 702- 562-1454. Allergies are very interesting. My father is a doctor and I grew up in a medical family. He started treating overweight people and realized that obesity was often related to, you guessed it, food allergies. Then he started testing for and treating food sensitivities and he found that he was able to correct them by using homeopathic remedies. And this led him into the exploration of the field of homeopathy and becoming a homeopathic physician, the first in the state of Nevada, I might add. So diet can affect us in many ways. I mentioned it can affect us not only with such things as headaches, digestive disorders, possibly even MS and other chronic diseases. We know that foods are associated with arthritis, especially the deadly nightshades. That's a known fact. But they affect us in many other ways. And you don't know until you test. And we can do that through the Elisa Act test that uses something called the lymphocytic reaction assay. They're the only allergy lab in the country that does this. This is because the laboratory director used to work for the National Institutes of Health, where he developed this test and patented it. And I have found, as I said earlier in the program, it to be accurate. It doesn't overwhelm the patient with too much information, but what it finds is real and is worth investigating. What you find through the local lab is something called the IgE test. This can be helpful for inhalants. And if it involves a food, those are immediate type reactions that usually end up in the hospital, such as a reaction to peanuts or seafood. But they don't check for IgG. These are delayed food reactions. And the labs that do can often find 30 to 40 things that may not be so helpful for the patient, but we can narrow it down and we can help you. Well, you can always email me. Don't forget droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com if you have a question. D is in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. Now we want to continue on. We've got more to talk about. I want to talk about some drugs. I want to talk about your IQ and a very interesting way for weight loss. Well, there are some drugs that you may be taking that can cause bone loss. Patients, beware. If you are taking steroids, these include such things as cortisone, dexamethasone, methylprednisone, and prednisone, often used to treat such things as asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, lupus, allergies, cancer, and autoimmune conditions. These can contribute to bone loss, along with anti-seizure medicines, particularly such things as... Phenobarbital, also antidepressants. You may be taking 
SSRI, Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors. These are a class of antidepressants used to treat major depressive disorders and anxieties, which, interestingly enough, if they work, should actually make them worse, which is why one of the side effects of taking these drugs is suicide. They also, interestingly, cause people to gain weight. Other medicines that can cause you to lose bone and become osteoporotic or osteopenic are antacids, which contain aluminum, chemotherapy drugs, diuretics, methylprogesterone, which is a synthetic progesterone that acts more like estrogen, often used for contraception, and methotrexate, which is actually a chemotherapy-type drug often used for the treatment of cancer and rheumatoid arthritis. And there are some drugs used to treat diabetes. These are drugs that can actually cause you to lose bone and then require you to do what? Well, if your doctor finds out, he's going to give you another drug. That's not what you need, my friends. If you want to increase your bone density, there are things you can do naturally. Well, let's take a look at some of these things. Number one, you can eat the right foods. Just because the majority of our vitamin D comes from sun exposure, that doesn't mean food can't help support healthy levels. Now, such foods may include things as pork, mushrooms, fatty fish, These are all naturally rich in vitamin D. And there are some other foods, including dairy and eggs, that are fortified with the essential ingredient, vitamin D. One 2016 study from Cork Center for Vitamin D and Nutrition Research found that eating just seven vitamin D-enriched eggs per week can protect against low vitamin D levels in the wintertime. Number two, go outside. Don't use the cold as a reason to hole up indoors all winter long. You need those ultraviolet B rays for the production of vitamin D. That converts your vitamin D from the inactive to the active form. Number three, get a vitamin D lamp. Did you know such thing exists? Well, if you can't get enough natural light in your life, you can purchase an artificial light that has full spectrum ultraviolet rays. Many light therapy boxes have also been found to help protect against seasonal affective disorder, a type of depression. Now, while most do not actually increase vitamin D levels, it's cheaper than a cross-continental vacation and can be used every single day. Number four, take a supplement. When all else fails, you can take vitamin D supplementation. It's actually inexpensive. Most physicians are prescribing around... 5,000. I had one patient recently who said her doctor wanted her to increase her amount to 10,000. Well, you have to be careful taking too much vitamin D because it can have an adverse effect on your kidney. We do have a 5,000 IU dose of vitamin D here in our clinic, but I actually prefer the 2,000 chewable that is made by a very reputable company, ITI. And that way we don't overdose the patient and they get A little bit of what they might need, but of course, there are many other supplements besides vitamin D. The local labs are testing for it now, and the results are actually dubious, in my opinion, because we use a nutritional lab that finds that often when such patients are found to be deficient in vitamin D, they are found to be replete by a specialty lab and vice versa. So I guess we all have to take that with, I suppose, a grain of salt, so to speak. But other things we can do to stimulate our bone growth include... Be more alkaline. Include, perhaps the best of all, supplementing with bioidentical hormones to stimulate bone growth and slow bone loss. And, of course, we can always exercise, particularly using resistance in our exercise training. Well, I want to pass on something to you I thought you might find of interest. And this is something that came out recently showing that IQ is decreasing more now with exposure to flame retardants and pesticides than heavy metals. Adverse outcomes from childhood exposures to lead and mercury are on the decline in the U.S., likely due to decades of restrictions. But despite these decreasing levels, exposure to these and other toxic chemicals, especially flame retardants and pesticides, still resulted in more than a million cases of intellectual disability in the United States between the years 2001 and 2016. Flame apart, the retardants and pesticides now represent the bulk of that 
cognitive loss. IQ loss with toxic chemicals analyzed in their study dropped from 27 million IQ points in 2001 and 2002 to 9 million IQ points in 2015 and 16. Researchers say the findings also identify a concerning shift in which chemicals represent the greatest risk. Among toxic exposed children, the researchers found that the proportion of cognitive loss that results from exposure to chemicals used in flame retardants called polybrominated diphenyl ethers or ethers and organophosphate pesticides increased from 67% to 81% during the same study period. Toxic exposures in general continue to represent a formidable risk to Americans' physical, mental, and economic health, which is why we need to be detoxing daily. The substances analyzed are found in household products from furniture upholstery to tuna fish and can build up in the body to damage organs. Heavy metals and mercury in particular are known to disrupt brain and kidney function. In fact, I had a patient in my office this morning who was found to have high levels of mercury, lead, and cadmium, for which she's being treated. In addition, flame retardants and pesticides can interfere with the thyroid, which secretes brain-developing hormones. And at a young age, any of these toxins can cause learning disabilities, autism, behavioral issues. The 16-year study period resulted in roughly 1,190,230 children affected with some form of intellectual disability due to their exposure to flame retardants and pesticides. Well, finally, we want to look at something which has been found to help with weight loss. A new research finds that non-invasive electromagnetic brain stimulation technique assists obese people in losing weight by altering their gut bacteria, of all things. Scientists have determined that stimulation of the human brain through non-invasive electromagnetic technique helps obese individuals lose weight. This form of stimulation alters the composition of the intestinal bacteria in obese patients. Some refer to this bacteria as gut microbiota. Now, the stimulation used in this study was deep transcranial magnetic stimulation, but you could also use pulsing electromagnetic field technology, which we have here in our office and make available for our patients to use at home. It is believed that one of the primary causes of obesity is impaired composition of gut microbiota, and perhaps that is the most interesting part of this study. There's an imbalance of the mixture of harmful and helpful microorganisms that are present in the digestive tract. It is known that impaired gut microbiota affects the brain's signals for hunger as well as satiety. Well, in this study, participants who received this magnetic stimulation of the brain lost over 3% of their weight and another 4% of body fat. These losses greatly exceed the losses of those who received the control stimulation. And fecal analysis also showed study participants who were treated with the magnetic stimulation had considerable higher qualities of numerous helpful bacterial species containing anti-inflammatory properties. These bacterial species are commonly found in healthy people. Well, I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment today. And my friends, I hope that you've learned one new thing. Our purpose is to help empower you with information you can use in your journey to optimum health and wellness. We'll be back again next week for another episode of The Royal Treatment. But until then, may you all be well.